bit of mouth. Yeah, a busy, a busy bit of mouth. A busy In the lead. Here they come down the final stretch. It's going to be Selden Reich Hodgson who will once again take this event. 209-41 is her time. And then she is followed in lane six by Kelsey Wog. 210-38 is her time. And then in third place, Emily Overholt. Hey, everybody. It's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here. Coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus, broadcasting from the unceded and ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's edition of Thunderbird Eye. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. Last week, we took a step away from the normally scheduled T-Bird Eye slot, uh, but we're back and we have a lot to catch up on. Swimming won big, again. Uh, great job swimming as always strong for UBC. 2017 2018 basketball more or less is wrapped up. There's still a yeah. shot for the men's team, but it's is looking. It's not in there. It's hands. on the fence, right? Yeah. It's in between. We'll talk about that a bit more later. Hockey is out. No, they gave such a good run on no. both sides. I'm so sad. <laughs> and but that that being said, volleyball is in the Canada West semis for both men's and women's, so that's great. And baseball going strong down in the USA. Yeah, because we have no field. <laughs> All right, so we'll start off with some swimming. Uh, at the University of Toronto's varsity pool, UBC claimed its second U-sports banner in back-to-back years for both men's and women's teams. This double win for UBC marks their third banner in the past four years for the men's program and the sixth in the past seven for the women's. Can you say dominant? <laughs> And speaking of dominance, the men's team finished with 1,151 and a half points. Sounds impressive enough on its own, but even more so when you consider that's more than 200 points better than the second place team, that was the Calgary Dinos. And the women's team had an even bigger margin of victory than that, more than 350 points ahead of the second place team, the Toronto Blues. Yeah, very reminiscent of earlier in the year when we had that Canada West uh, Championships and the complete domination there. Um, this is the 14th time in UBC swimming history and the fourth in the past four seven years that both squads have won the national championships. Uh, and congratulations to the UBC women's head coach, Steve Price, who was awarded U Sports uh, Swimming Coach of the Year. So. Way to go for him. Yeah, and speaking of domination, we'll also have some individual domination. Uh, for the second straight season and third time in his career, the UBC Olympian Yuri, the missile. The missile. <laughs> Kizel claimed the Men's Sprinters Cup as the winner of both the 50 meters and 100 meter freestyle races. Kizel has touched the wall in 40, uh, 47.12 to win the 100 meter gold medal on, sat- on Saturday night. Can I just mention how cool it is that you, we can just say the UBC Olympian? Right. And <laughs> that we have for a lot of the swimmers. Yeah, because I think you were about to mention. Uh, Emily Overholt. Yeah, Overholt. She won U Sports Rookie of the Year, Rookie of the Year honors. Uh, yeah, bronze medalist herself back in the uh, for the 200. Uh, I am not to mention she was like 2016 Olympian as well. It's so cool. A couple other strong performers to note: Erica Saltonwright Hodgson, who I believe that was the intro clip. Yes, was yeah. Uh, her. Yeah, she won her fifth career. 200 meter individual medley gold 209.41 and Marcus Thormeyer set a U Sports 200 meter backstroke record breaking his own mark finishing at 152.9 and Thormeyer Kissel Jonathan Brown and Josiah Binema also took home gold in the men's 4x100 medley relay time of 332.4 I also just want to point out uh, Erica Sultan Ray Hodgson um, a great follow on Twitter I love her Twitter account uh, at Erica underscore salt um, she's very funny uh, and, a, and a great swimmer too. And go Thunderbirds! Uh, yeah, dominant again, second time here in this year where 
they've taken on the best swimmers throughout Canada and just been one notch above everyone else. So uh, looking at uh, hockey, a uh, little bit of a disappointing week. I'm I'm still a little bummed out about it. Poor, um, poor T-Birds. Oh, my God. I thought, I thought this was going to be so good, and then it wasn't. Um, an exciting uh, uh, quarterfinals, for sure, um, with Mount Royal uh, against the UBC women's team. Uh, that was the, it was the head that triple overtime game, and then the next day uh, another overtime game. Uh, won both of those in the semifinals against University of Saskatchewan, who they beat last year in the semifinals, but uh, not to be this year. And it looked like they were going to be favorites to, you know, come back three-peat. Three-peat. I wanted it. I wanted it. <sighs> I don't know what happened. It all kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, uh, it really looked like, um, in, in, especially in that game, too, when they jumped out to that um, early first-period lead, it really looked like they were going to come back and for- force that uh, decisive game three. But uh, two quick second-period goals, they weren't able to come back at all. Uh, they ran into a hot goalie. It happens. Jessica Vance was unbelievable Vance in the was semifinals. Great. Vance was great. Yeah, um, and uh, she actually with uh, with that game against the the game one where they didn't score against uh, UBC, she set the single season record for Canada West shutouts. So, yeah, the this series where they were eliminated really saw the continuation of a trend we saw in the season, especially towards the end, where they played really good defense, but they just weren't able to figure out the offense. Uh, they got shut out in the game one, as you mentioned. They only scored one in game two and they had especially considering they had four power play chances in game one if you can't score in any of those that's not going to help your momentum at all and they just as you mentioned they just weren't able to solve vans i think it might have been a matter of endurance for this thunderbird team they had that triple ot game against mru and i think that may have cost them because basically ended up playing it's it's an extra game right and and sometimes legs just wear down and and the, and the, the, showed. the game two went to overtime as well. Exactly. So like, they were just brutal. playing so much extra hockey, and yeah. it takes a toll on your body for sure. And now, with the end of the year, Thunderbirds are going to have to say bye to some of their seniors, fifth-year players, Alex Aranahan. No. So good, who scored the lone goal in that final game. U18 world champions, champion with Team Canada as well. Uh, Kirsten Toth, a uh, very strong forward who played multiple roles throughout the season. Uh, Kathleen Cahoon and Cassandra Vilgrain. We talked a lot about Vilgrain. She's been one of the top players for this team this year. So yeah, it's uh, pretty disappointing, honestly. Um, but it's and it's going to be weird because they're not going to be in the national championships because you, they needed to get to the final to make that happen, um, which will be a little bit. I don't know. I, th- I thought that they were one of the better teams in the country. It's going to definitely be surprising. Yeah, especially when they went out and beat Manitoba. They split that series at Manitoba. Yeah, it seemed like they really had something going, but yeah, unfortunately. Well, but hey, looking ahead, right? For next year, they still do have some players on their roster. Clayton Carroll is still one of the best players in Canada West, in my opinion. Um, Celine Tardif is a great player as well. They've got two all-rookies in uh, Ireland Parrot and Shaley McConnell. Um, they're only going to get better. Um, so, you know, looking looking ahead to a good future for the Thunderbirds, for sure. Uh, the men's team, man, what a ride. Uh, it looked like the season was over in December. Um, the UBC men's team climbed all the way back to not just make but host a playoff series. Wasn't the fairy tale ending um, after winning their first game? The Burrs dropped the next two to the Calgary Dinos, ended their season. And that first game, it, it looks like UBC was a championship team. They looked so good. And between Austin Glover, Adam Rossignol, and Popoff, it was kind of what you wanted to see out of their team as they, they seemed to be clicking on all different cylinders. And Hewitt, who you, Eric, sat down with just a couple weeks ago, was great again. He stopped 43 out of 44, only letting one through. But uh, it it was great in the first game, but it, it, it changed yeah. a bit as the series Yeah, wheels progressed. really fell off in the second game. 
down too early, ended up losing 6-3, to three, just weren't able to recover from that. And like the women's, it was the power play that really did it. Yeah, I mean, with, um, for sure, like you mentioned with the four power play chances, um, I mean, five even, like that's you, you got to score one of those. Uh, and the the the, uh, the momentum will just swing back the other way entirely because not only is it um, that you're losing momentum from not being able to score in all those power plays, but a penalty kill for the other team is a big boost too. And Game 3 uh, was the closest of the series, but sadly Thunderbirds still weren't able to come away with that win and they weren't able to extend their season. They had actually the lead early on um, before it was tied up and then it was 3-2 for Calgary right before the final seconds, and Calgary just was able to net net one in where where they had to take the goalie out, the open netter, give him a 4-2 win. But it was close. It's not. It wasn't a 4-2 game. It was it was neck and neck throughout. Yep, and of course, since it's the end of the season, it also marked the last game, uh, last game of the Thunderbirds' careers for some of the players, including Matt Hewitt, no. Nick Bonasisi, and the captain Wes. Van Ewen Weizen. Van Ewen Weizen. <laughs> They're all going to graduate. Sad to see all of them go, especially Hewitt, who had some incredible games down the stretch in this great run they had in the second half of the season. But I guess they're they're all going to move on, and Thunderbirds do have some players to help fill the gaps next year. Yeah, um, I mean, they've got Carter Popoff. I think he's a really special player. I think he's going to get even better. He's only in his second year. Um He's had some really flashes of brilliance so far this year. I think he'll get better. Uh, Rylan Toth, I mentioned in my my sit-down with Matt Hewitt. Uh, Hewitt definitely thinks that he's going to be able to take the reins. Um, he was on and off, but I think without Hewitt there, he's going to be able to progress as a goalie. Yeah, definitely. And Hewitt, Hewitt mentioned that uh, it, was, it was really just a string of bad luck that he ran into because he looked really good in the preseason. Right. You would see flashes of brilliance, yeah, really, of from Toth. Um, Jarrett Smith, Tyler Sandu, two uh, young players that will only get better. And there's still two years left of Austin Vetterell. Um, bright future for this team. Sad to see Hewitt go, though. That's and, hey, who knows? I mean, with with them coming back after that miraculous uh, turnaround from the beginning of the season, maybe maybe they do have something in store next year. Yeah, and I think it's good for a lot of these young players to get playoff experience early um, because this is a like a, it's sort of like a rebuilding team, I guess. You can't really do like a rebuild in the university, but it's a similar analogy because you have all of these young players and most of the graduating players are gone now. Um, I think that this is going to be a pretty good turnaround for the hockey program. So moving on to basketball, after the women's side beat Lethbridge in the Canada West playoff play-in game, Thunderbirds went on the road to face the conference champion Regina Cougars in the quarterfinals, and unfortunately, Thunderbirds were unable to spring the upset and were swept in the best-of-three series to end their season in the quarterfinals. And they lost that first match, 85-70, but this was, this was a game where UBC was shooting better from three and the foul line, something they struggled with all season, it was really weird to see. <laughs> right, but they but they still lost because they weren't able to come up with a win. And we, we you look at why? Okay, well, why would this team lose if they were succeeding in areas where they hadn't passed? And and it comes down to rebounds, right? Oh, it was bad. That um, that <laughs> that they their defense was struggling, and mm-hmm. they committed 19 turnovers. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and there was like you mentioned the rebounds. Six they let 16 offensive rebounds uh, fall to the Cougars. That's brutal. Uh, um, which is weird because like I, I think they actually did really well in, in rebounds. So yeah, they were the they were top five in Canada West in yeah, rebounding. That's... It was it was weird to see. Of course, Regina was also near the top, but it was weird to see their strengths turn to the weaknesses, weaknesses into strengths right there. But one thing that of course stayed the same was lack of depth. Madison Penn, Keelan Filowich, of course, led the way. Twenty points, seven rebounds, three steals for Penn. Fifteen points, twelve rebounds for Filowich in that first game. But 
as we talked about so much of the season, they just didn't ha- they didn't have enough depth to match up with someone like Regina. Yeah, and the second game was kind of similar to the first one, where the Thunderbirds showed better from the field and from three than the Cougars. It is uh, 44% and 46% versus 42% and 36%, but still, they lost 71-62, to 62, which is pretty, re- pretty weird. And again, they were led on by rebounding and turnovers, giving up 70 offensive rebounds and com- committing 21 turnovers. Such a different storyline for them uh, here in this uh, in that past quarterfinal. Penn did, however, double-double, 15 points, 12 rebounds for her. Jess Hansen put up a huge 19, but no one else was able to crack double figures all night. Yeah, and the bottom line uh, was in crunch time, where the Thunderbirds were close. They were close to forcing the decisive game three, but the Cougars shut them down. Thunderbirds only scored three points in the final five minutes of the game, Yikes. just showing they're one of the best teams in Canada, and there's not much Thunderbirds were able to do about it, but... There is a silver lining, and that is no one on this Thunderbirds team was in their fourth or fifth seasons. They can only get better. Everyone's going to be back, along with a couple new faces, and hopefully, everyone will be that much better. And now Filowich and Penn, right? They're working on they're working on the same the same speed it seems. So, looking towards having those women as as leaders next year on the team, and then you can also build around players like Hanson and maybe further develop players like Ali Norris or. La Guerta. Penn was already first team Canada was, and hopefully everyone on the team will just be that much better. Next year, on the men's side, they received a bye for the first round of the playoffs and then swept the Manitoba Bisons in the quarterfinals. But unfortunately, their Canada West playoff journey ended in the semis as they were swept themselves by the Calgary Dinos, who were really their kryptonite this season. They were the only team to beat the Thunderbirds more than once. Yeah, and uh, the game against Manitoba were comfortable wins. Corner Morgan, double-double in the, the both beast. games. Yeah, 21-11 in the first match and 16-16 in the second. And actually being to the first one is, well, he's just beast. Yeah. And in both games, five different Thunderbirds scored in double figures. This includes Grant Shepard with uh, sc- scoring 17 in the first match. He's most since November. Right, exactly, because he was, he was shaky there for a while towards the end of the, before yeah. the winter break and coming back. Yeah, and also Taylor Brown scoring a season-high 23 in the second, setting the school record for most recent playoff game. Good job for Taylor Brown. And overall, Thunderbirds actually shot better than 50% from the field and 40% beyond the arc in the two Manitoba games. But against Calgary, they just could not find the the right tools to get some buckets going down. It was 98-71 loss for them in the first match. And similar to the women's, it was rebounding turnovers that did them in. 20 offensive rebounds were let up, and they committed... T- 26, Oof. 26 turnovers. Yeah. Oof. That was a problem for them throughout the season. That wasn't even their season high in turnovers. I mean, you can have as great of an offensive <laughs> as you want, but if you're turning over 25-plus uh, different possessions a game, what do you expect? Yeah. And uh, pretty disappointing, uh, Mason Borsier, uh, Lucas Zaharyevich. Zaharyevich. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both held scoreless in this one, which uh, that's not a very good look. Well, and, uh, and it's potentially for, right. Like top players, uh, right. and like players that you really look to have an impact. Uh, and it could be Zaharyevich's final game ever as yeah. a UBC Thunderbird. Man. Yeah, you can you can't have two starters not score at all and expect to win a game. Thunderbirds came out a lot better in the second match. They came out desperate. Morgan really tried to put the team on his back. Twenty-seven points, eleven rebounds, three blocks, but they sh- fell just short in what was just a crazy finish. Dinos held a nine-point lead late in the game, but the Thunderbirds rallied back. Phil Jalopur tied the game with just 26 seconds left. Calgary's David Kapinga hit two free throws on the other end. Morgan then tied it with 12 seconds left. Calgary hit two more free throws, 
And then Jalalpur missed a buzzer beater, which ended the series. Man, the final fouls, score, 87, right. Hey, they did do a better job from the line, though, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm. usually struggle, but they shot 27 from 32. But Calgary, who had their best free throw shooting of the season, went 25-28, and that's what got them the win. And although T-Birds won't be going for the Canada West Championship, the season is, is not over yet. Not technically, because <laughs> it's not in um, their own hands. They could still be selected to be one of the top eight teams for the U Sports National Championship tournament. Basketball is the only sport that does their playoffs this way. Other the, sports, the weird rankings. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a bit strange right now. I believe they're currently ranked seventh. Yeah. So still hope for them. But well, if if they aren't selected, it will be Morgan Jalalpur and Zaharievich's final game as Thunderbirds. I do think they will be selected for the national championship. Hopefully, I know those three definitely won't want to go out like that. We're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs, and we'll be right back in a second. theater troupe we aim to provide the joys of musical theater to everyone on campus whether it be by participating in our productions joining our band or working backstage we welcome all levels of experience check us out on facebook for more information three women dressed in lingerie were hanging from the ceiling on meat hooks in an adjacent room a man was in bed with two deceased females also wearing lingerie He positioned their arms in a sexy embrace. Down the hall, a man holding a chainsaw stood over the motionless body of a sixth woman lying on a table covered in plastic. These are scenes from a popular music video by a Grammy Award-winning artist. If we want violence against women to stop, shouldn't we stop treating it like entertainment? Join the conversation at hashtag not okay. Hello and welcome back. We just were talking recently about basketball, but now we're going to look at volleyball, which is still going strong, Liz. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, and uh, looking at a high note, uh, the women's volleyball team had a really busy past few weeks. They closed out the regular season with a number two national ranking and a 22-4 record in regular conference play. After two wins against the Regina Cougars in the quarterfinals, the Teepers are prepared to step into the f- semis, which starts tomorrow. Yay. And... The last time we were on air, they were actually just going into their final regular season. Volleyball was around a week behind basketball schedule. And they had senior night, and Alessandra Gentile was awarded uh, as it will be her final season with the Birds. And thankfully for them, they were able to pick, uh, keep up the pace in the first round of playoffs. They only need seven sets, and they were able to sweep uh, the Regina Cougars in that first round of quarters. Yeah, and uh, Genti- uh, Alexander Gentile, as we mentioned, and Kia Van Rijk, they made the first Canada West uh, team all-star, and Kia Van Rijk also, of course, made the all-rookie team. Van Rijk is um, the only first-year player named on the all-star team. She's so good. Yeah, she is. Crazy. Yeah, and last Friday's game saw some tough gameplay by the Teepers. Um, the Regina Cougars came really hard in the first set, topped the Teepers in 16-25, to and they had lots of air in the first set. Like you said, did take the birds a while to settle in, but they found the rhythm late in the third frame. Kara Van Rijk, who outs, put up three kills in a row, 16-15, and that opened up a 6-1 run, which then helped them clinch the frame. T-Birds were on fire in the last set when they put up their game-high 371 hitting percentage, 19 kills in that uh, final set. And that 9-0 run? And that 9-0 oh, run. Oh, man. Exactly. And they were able to beat the Cougars with 11-point uh Differential, 25-14. There is a lot of stat sheet stuffing in this game. Van Rijk had 19 kills. <laughs> John Tile, 47 assists. Samantha, Samantha Patko, 18 digs. 
just contributions all across the board. Great win for them and great output from those three players. Man, Paco's been huge lately on the defensive end. Yeah. You and your liberos. <laughs> I, you, come on. I didn't even play liberos. I said it. But I, I love liberos. They're yeah, and Saturday game was way more easy for the Birds as they were able to close out the game in only three sets. The Cougars come off really strong with a 6-0 to start the first set, but the T-Birds quickly tied it up to 7-7 shortly after a timeout. After falling behind again, three out of five eggs from Lee Furland, wow, in a set, then helped the team with an 8-0 rally and then finished the set at 25-17. They tightened up on defense afterwards, which was good. Um, they actually only allowed... The opponents to score 28 points in the next two frames combined. That's awesome. And then they were able to jump out to an early 5-0 lead in the second set. They wind the gap with a 10-2 run after having been up 9-6. They finish that second frame uh, 25-14. Yeah, and um, I mean, if you look at um, the, the hitting percentage, uh, 0.379 in that final set. Anna Price, six kills. Van Rijk, Atia, Ferlin, each three, 16 kills in that um, final set. Uh, finished at 25-14. Uh, I mean, Ferlin's been great. Uh, she's only one away from the Canada. She was only one away from the Canada West Seven single aces. game. Ace Volleyball game. this past weekend was crazy with yeah. ace count. Keterakis, too. We'll talk about him in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and also exciting for women's volleyball. They're getting their new recruits for 2018. This includes Kayla Oxen, Casey Jost, Brian Passan, uh, Kara Kovacs, and Danica Coley. Looking, looking to expect a lot out of Oxland, especially great, great addition to this UBC women's uh, volleyball volleyball team is already so strong. Yeah, and then right now, as mentioned, both the volleyball team are the only UBC varsity team that still plays in the playoff season, and uh, this week. It's Civil War semifinal, yeah, against the UBCL Heat, who rank only one spot below the T-Birds. The two teams actually met each other at the first weekend of the conference game, and it's wow, it's been a long time. Please come, guys. It's gonna be really good. Yeah. It's gonna like I. <sighs> Tomorrow at six, it starts uh, for women's, and then men's follow afterward, but at eight at eight o'clock, right? Yeah. For men's. Uh, the volleyball atmosphere has been great, especially in um, in these later half of the season games. Um, just it's gonna be awesome. Uh, come on out for sure. The men's team was able to come up with a sweep as well over the past weekend against Manitoba in the corner finals after the split disappointing end of the season series against Saskatchewan. It's nice to see that the little bump at the end of the road didn't really seem to affect their playoff performance, and now they're gearing up to play the Alberta Golden Bears. That's the 8 p.m. game uh, in another best of three starting this Friday. Yeah, and a little bit disappointing on the last uh, senior night as five veterans are leaving this year. This includes... Uh, the captain, Irvin Brar, no. uh, yeah, Ben Chow, Matt Guidi, Matt Sandema, and Keith Webb. They were celebrated on the final night of the regular game against Saskatchewan, which they unfortunately lost. And also, Irvin Brar and Better Katharakis named the Canada West first all-star team, and Phil Flying Finn McCarthy was named yes. to the all-rookie team. It's it's gonna be so sad to see Brar and Guidi go, especially, and of course West. Like that's a big chunk from, out of the team. And think mm-hmm. think from serving as well, not just gameplay, but Irvin Brar was clutch, and so was Keith West, both such strong servers. Well, Cataractors will have to pick up even more of it. Right, exactly. I mean. Well, they started the playoffs off on a good note. They won the first match on Thursday, 3-1 to one set count led by Brar and McCarthy. Brar put up 14 kills, two aces, and three blocks. McCarthy put up 12 kills and three aces, and Byron Cataractors showed why he deserved that 
first team nod as he put up 37 assists, seven kills, six digs, a pair of aces, and three blocks. What a game. All around excellent monster. You never see someone like put up a big kill number like that. Aces, digs, assists. He's, He's so yeah. well rounded. Right. Van, actually, Van Rijk does oh, yeah. that occasion. Yeah, right. Reich. Right. Yeah. Less, Another less, phenom. Le- less so with the assists. Right. Um, for of Van course. Reich, of course. Get, you know, I got to praise my setters. And, <laughs> come on. Come it was on. a bit of a concern, though. Uh, in the third set, birds fell 15 to 25 but they were able to bounce back nicely uh 7-2 lead in the fourth and then they were able to pull off the close win they hit 321 on the night and committed only 16 errors it's important that they keep that error count down going into this weekend uh uh, this semifinals this weekend yeah and we can see their stats their statistics are going better and better every week so on friday's night it was even better for the birds who swept in just three sets as they hit uh three uh uh, 366 and had 16 A's and only 14 errors. And just as we mentioned before, Kadrakis has 8 A's on his own. Nearly a record and led the T-Birds to the high momentum victory. This is after he set the Candle West record for 65 A's in a single season. What a player. Just keep, been, yeah. He keeps adding, right, to, yeah. to his phenomenal season. Of course. It, do, it doesn't seem like he's stopping, and I think he's that veteran presence, too, that you like ties the team together, especially yeah. in moments where they seem to be maybe falling off a bit. Definitely. I mean, an ace is something that instantly gives your team a bit of momentum. Momentum, no matter what the situation is, if you drop an ace in there, like that's Im- immediately a big boost for the team. Uh, Regeer nine kills on the night. Uh, Brian McCarthy eight of their own. A more well-rounded, uh, less uh, more distributed performance from the Thunderbirds, but it was very effective. Yeah, the Thunderbirds eventually uh, overpowered the Bisons decisively. For the Bisons, Scott Verkagny and left side Vakine. Vakine. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, Scott. Uh, and Adam Dejonker. Dejonker. They're tough names. They're. N- I think those are like Norwegian or something. I'll give it to you. Verkind's not. Dejonker. That's Hungarian, actually. So is it? I think it's Hungarian. I was going to yeah. say like Dutch. And <laughs> so I was way off the mark. I, I, uh, I will call him Adam. He was a <laughs> Adam Canada- Scott. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Canada West second team all-star. Played the last games for Manitoba. They had good nights, but Thunderbirds came out on top. Yeah, and uh, their next opponent will be very top. Uh, it is the Alberta Golden Bears, uh, which is the absolute powerhouse, nineteen to five in the regular season. And uh, Tariq Sani, yeah, oh, who man. led Canada West in total kills and was third in kill percent. He'll he'll be really tough for the Thunderbirds team. Good challenge for Cataractus and Barr both. Please come to that game too. It's yes. gonna be fun. Right after the women's stay. And last but not least, baseball has kept itself right under five hundred. So I'm they're so playing. glad we get to talk about right. Baseball. I know, me too. As they've now played 16 games on the year, and the most recent one was against Cal State Los Angeles. They went 1-2 and two and played 2-2 two and two baseball for the next four games afterwards. They have a lot of games in this road series back-to-back. Um, and But their last game, however, was a huge win, 15-4 against the College of Idaho. Kusadi uh, led the way with three hits, a ribby, and three runs on the day. Yeah, right now, the Thunderbirds are hitting 277 as a team, slugging 388, thanks in large part to uh, Lichel Hirakawa Kao. He has a couple homers so far, and he's slugging at 621, but they have a big problem. It's been their pitching, Uh-oh. their three-man rotation, uh, including James Bradwell, who right now has an ERA of 8.55, which is not good, no. to put it mildly. They, they had to <laughs> actually was, pull him nice, out actually. last game, though, too, right? Yeah. Uh, he only went three and two-thirds. He four earned on eight hits against him. Oh, and check out that uh, opponent's batting average. It's brutal. 0.367. Right. And the bullpen as well, 5.5 ERA. So just all around, they really need to deal with their uh, their pitching right now. Yeah. 
on the positive side, that big 14th inning against uh, against College of Idaho, uh, my my classmate and group project member Anthony Casati with a big game, as you mentioned. <laughs> um, uh, I'll get him on the show at some point. Uh, two doubles in the fourth, bringing bringing four runs um, and a sack fly from Austin Butler. Yeah, Casati and Prechuk teamed up for the couple, the yes, pair sorry. of doubles. Yeah. And UBC right now sitting at seven and nine, uh, but they could be picking up some steam here. We saw that big win, and tomorrow the birds will continue their road trip. They actually came home for a bit after being gone in the states for a long time. They're going back. They're playing Lewis and Clark for the first of three game series to start another long road trip for them. Yeah, um, no home games for a while because we're actually renovating our baseball diamond, um, which is fun. Uh, so we'll get going with home games on March twenty fourth, and we're in talks to maybe bring you some of those. We'll see what we can do there. Um, Looking at the rankings, uh, U, U Sports rankings, men's basketball dropped from four to seven. So Still it's, it's in close. the top eight. It's close. They yeah. got to make that top eight. They've got they can, they can afford to drop only yeah. one more place they'll if they want to. They'll find out on Sunday. They will find out on Sunday. The national and championships. I really hope they are because it would be really nice to see that season extended. Uh, men's swimming still number one, obviously. Women's swimming still number one, obviously. Boom boom. Uh, men's volleyball number two, looking good. Uh, and women's volleyball uh, down at number four right now, but we should see them uh, pop up because I think they're going. Well, I mean. It's it's all variable at this point. It's playoffs. It Anything can happen. I think we're going to see a huge performance against UBCO yeah. uh, tomorrow night. Um, My call is John Tilly is going to have a crazy game. Yeah. So looking around upcoming games, uh, we've got uh, more swimming. Uh, the swim series in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, for both men's and women's. Baseball, as uh, Jacob mentioned, against Lewis Clark State, Idaho. Uh, women's volleyball and men's volleyball playoffs. Um, we mentioned those 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. here at UBC War Memorial Gym. We've got a lot of interesting ones. Rowing uh, coming up, actually, uh, in Victoria, B.C., men's field hockey, uh, and men's golf. Let's go. Yeah. we got a lot of sports on the calendar. <laughs> Absolutely. It's awesome. Thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. If you like what we've been doing, please check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Our handle is just at CITR Sports on both, one word. Thanks again for listening in, and now the upcoming show will be Shoes on a Wire, hosted by Madeline Taylor. Next week, we will be sitting down for a live interview with men's soccer – Men's Soccer Victory Shambu Show. Be sure to tune in. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz. Listen Thursdays from 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day.